You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. Trusting in God's ways versus trusting in man's ways. One way is blessed and the other is cursed. So when we are deeply rooted in God, when we are abiding in the Lord, our personal relationship with Jesus is growing. Then what happens is that those resources work up the tree and they bear fruit. Welcome to a special edition of the Conversations Podcast. I am Taylor. We're celebrating Cyprus's 30th birthday, as well as continuing a series called Build. And I'm joined by two special guests and friends. First, we're joined by lead pastor, Jose Abaroa. Jose, thanks hey, for being Taylor. here. Good to be here. Great to have you. And we're joined by founding pastor, Rob Campbell. Dr. Rob Campbell, right. I should add. I should add. Thank you, Taylor. Absolutely. Great to have you both as we celebrated a very special Sunday. It was cool all around just to hear between the combination of videos, looking at the history of the church, also looking at one word that a lot of our community group leaders would describe the church mm-hmm. as. I thought it was just a really cool Sunday. But Jose, I'd love to give you the first word as you reflected on the Sunday and even just hear both of y'all's thoughts on some of the responses you got as it was just a special yeah. Sunday all around. Yeah, first, it's um, an amazing thing that God has done. So, Rob, the way that you started out your piece by saying, this is a God thing, this was God's plan, is so fitting because he's the head of the church, he's why we're doing church, and he's he's really how. Um, he, he's the way through. So everything from Jeremiah, that, that picture of the cypress tree or a tree, you don't know if it's a cypress tree, but I like to think of it as a yeah, cypress yeah. tree, by the creek to, um, yeah, Ephesians 4, how, how we all fit together and uh, each have a part to play. I think it really uh, was a was a day of remembrance, looking at how God has been doing this for 30 years through the church. And then some of those same keys, those are going to help us navigate the, the, the future of the church. And so, um, Rob, I, I want to Thank you for not only sharing with us on Sunday, but also modeling that for me. And I'm excited to continue that legacy. Yeah, you asked Rob a series of questions looking at first kind of what led you to start the church, Rob. You shared a little bit about that and then talking about kind of four priorities that have lasted 30 years. Uh, I thought that was really cool diving into that as well as that aligns with the series that we're going through right now, this build series. And then the last question was, what do you hope for Cyprus in the next 30 years? And I love to kind of camp out there for the portion of the podcast, just looking at the future. And I love kind of, I'd love for you to maybe give a quick recap of that answer you gave about being externally focused. And then maybe we can dive into practically, what does that look like for someone that's that's sitting in the in their seat listening to that? Yeah, so the downward spiral of the church begins when you begin to turn inward and you're not externally focused. And uh, there's a lot of things that can happen in a church family that makes that uh, a reality and difficult to overcome. So it's imperative that a church remains uh, externally focused, looking outside the walls of the church uh, for a variety of reasons. Basically, that's what the scriptures call us to do. Mm-hmm. And that's really when it gets fun to be a part of the church. Yeah. Like Mary Frances Johnson said in the intro video, those early days of the church were natural. Mm-hmm. Another mm-hmm. word for natural would be organic. And um, when you have new people flowing in Mm -hmm. to the community groups especially and into celebration as well, it just 
adds to the vivaciousness of the church. It's not necessarily about getting them into the building. Uh, it is good to see them get into a home or an office where a community group uh, is gathering. What's important overall is to see them ushered into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I see this illustration of the river flowing here again because right now the Cypress Creek is the, the Cypress Creek itself is pretty low. And what happens when the creek stops flowing, bacteria grows. Mm-hmm. So it actually becomes dangerous for us. It, it's not healthy for us to be swimming in that bacteria infested water. So I, I think right on to what you're saying, Rob, that that's what happens when the church stops going, stops flowing, stops focusing on external, uh, on outside of the walls mm-hmm. is you stuff comes in that is really bad for the church. And um, yeah, it's no no fun, no no place to be swimming for sure. We, we take our focus off what is um, what we're to be majoring on. And then I winnowed down that question to the individual level. And I just talked about how, you know, are you using your own spiritual gifts? Are you um, freely giving over your God-given resources? Are you committed to the vision of Cypress Creek Church? And there's other things too, but I just ticked off those three. And how would you rank yourself? How would you rate mm-hmm. yourself um, uh, in regards to in those three you know, criteria, I guess you would say? Because I mean, if everybody was acting like you, would you would say that Cypress Creek Church would be a healthy church. And that's what Jose was pointing out in the scriptures that he cited was that every part has their purpose, every part has their function, and let's do what God has given us to do. And then what happens in that is what? Well, the church is built up and the church mm-hmm. advances. And that, mm-hmm. again, goes against um, turning inward, which is uh, vitally important not to do, as I've already said. So, Yeah. Yeah, Jose, what would it look like from a, an individual level to expound on that concept of individually uh, having an external focus? Because I think some people may hear that and go, yeah, the, the church staff should be externally focused, yeah. or yeah, the, the pastors should yeah. do that. But but stop there and not think about, well, what does it actually mean for me? Rob, that's something you were just talking about here, individualizing it. But but what what does that look like practically for someone just to wrestle with that? Yeah. And, and yeah, That's how a good you... question. I had this thought this morning and I'm glad I'm remembering it. <laughs> so the cypress tree has its roots, and that verse in Jeremiah talks about uh, these deep roots that um, get their resources from this flowing river, right? And so Jeremiah compares trusting to uh, trusting in God's ways versus trusting in man's ways. One way is blessed and the other is cursed. So when we are deeply rooted in God, when we are abiding in the Lord, our personal relationship with Jesus is growing. Then what happens is that those resources work up the tree and they bear fruit. And, and so I think this externally focused could be the fruit and the internally focused, it's not, it's not a, a don't be internally focused as much as it is grow your relationship with Jesus and then watch the fruit that that, that, that mm-hmm. is showing. If it's not showing fruit, then John 15 isn't happening. 
in your life. When Jesus says, abide in me as I've been abiding in the Father, you will not be able to bear fruit outside of me, meaning spiritual fruit, the work of the kingdom. So I think it's a both and. Personally, I need to ask myself, how, how am I doing with Jesus in every season? No matter what position I've had in the church, whether it was a college student or um, you know someone that served on a weekend at Focus or um, you know student pastor, now lead pastor, the fundamentals don't change. How are we doing with Jesus? And then out of that, it's beautiful to see the fruit that comes from that. And again, fruit is different than some results that we give to ourselves, maybe in, a, in, a, in an athletic way or in, in business or in the marketplace. Uh, we're talking about kingdom fruit. We're talking about the fruits of the spirit here that, that come into play. <clears throat> and I think it's really been a, a part of the DNA and the culture of Cypress Creek, what you're talking about, Pastor Jose. Because I was some, something that I could throw in right now, switching gears a tad, but it's still connected, is that the last uh, stat that I saw about um, church plants in America, within five years, 80% of those church plants fail. Hmm. Now, I think that stat has Im- improved where the failure rate is only about 50 to 65%, but it's still significant. And then when you couple that with pastoral secession, so we went yeah. through that here as a church family. The most difficult pastoral secession to go through is long-term pastor to mm-hmm. new pastor. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely the most difficult pastoral secession to go <laughs> Deep through. Deep roots. <laughs> Period. And so the, the whole point I'm trying to make is that Jose didn't do that. I didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, overseers didn't do that. It was a God thing. Mm-hmm. And it was um, the people of God, uh, i.e. Cypress Creek Church, cooperating with the Spirit of God, trusting uh, their leaders and trusting the process. And therefore, you have what? Well, you have a successful pastoral you know, secession. One of my favorite days of the week is now Sunday. <laughs> and you have you know, a whole bunch of new people that are part of Cyprus and baptisms and family units that have joined. And so um, we just have to give credit and glory uh, to God for those results. Yeah, yeah. And it's been fun being a part of of this because you, for 27 years, Rob, cultivated that culture. Uh, one of your challenges was to be real, to to mm-hmm. <laughs> stay real, and uh, not not get too concerned with the performance, with the facade. And um, you know, you said um, appropriately, "Ask my wife, ask my daughter." You know, and then I said, "Don't ask the grandkids because the grandkids will right. will be biased." Right, right, right. Right. Give well, you- the whole the whole thing is that. <laughs> Uh, churches try to be fancy and yeah. churches try to be slick. Churches try to be what they see uh, from another church, watching them on live stream or on the web. And uh, every church has its own unique mm-hmm. DNA. Mm-hmm. And we're not to be XYZ church out there somewhere in America. God has called us to be Cypress Creek Church. Yeah. And Cypress Creek Church, to the glory of God, has a very authentic and real community. And we we want to keep that alive and well. Mm-hmm. 
That's good. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna personalize this because this is ours to keep. Not only leadership, but it's ours as a church family to keep. Um, and that goes from you know I think about our community groups, uh, the level of vulnerability in our community groups. How honest are we being with our community groups? How honest are we being with ourselves with what is really going on? We can pretend to do, you know, or we can go through the motions of church while inside being, you know, brought down by all sorts of things. And, and you know, when when did Encounter Weekends become a thing, Rob? Was that 90s, yes. early thousands? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's been a late, huge, late 90s, something yeah, like that. been a huge part of our culture here. Mm-hmm. You, you can't go through an encounter without experiencing some serious vulnerability and authenticity. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's what Jesus wants from us. He, he wants I guess really you could, doing. though. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. if you didn't have a pulse, I guess you probably could. Yeah. Yes. If you weren't yeah, listening. Yeah. If if you weren't if you weren't around. Let's keep this podcast real, okay? Oh, <laughs> uh, let's talk about Ephesians four, because that was a main passage that was highlighted, the concept of spiritual gifts. We all have a part to play. Uh, just getting real practical here, maybe for someone that's listening that that may have been one of the first times they've they've heard that phrase of spiritual gifts, or again, they're trying to kind of personalize this and recognize, oh, this isn't just for the the pastors to to do, but there's a role for them as well. How would you two encourage someone that's that's trying to explore and kind of uh, just even wrap their mind around what spiritual gifts are and then how do they utilize that gift for the kingdom? We we all have a gift. So if you're in Christ, you, you have a spiritual gift. Uh, one of the things that I uh, was talking to someone in the last few months about spiritual gifts was the idea that oftentimes we operate in our spiritual gifts without really knowing what they are. And I think that's better than knowing what your spiritual gift is and then flaunting it and saying, I have the spiritual gift of encouragement. You look great. You did fantastic, you know? And and so operating is, is the key here. And I think many times we operate in our gifts without realizing it because that's just part of how God made us. And I think, again, if we are operating in those spiritual gifts, then then we will see the fruit. Other people will be built up. You will see the edification of the church take place. So uh, what I would say is just, just go for it. Be you. Pray. Ask other people around you. Well, what do you think? You've known me for a while. You're in community group with me. Mm-hmm. What do you? What would you say my spiritual gift is? Yeah. So, like Pastor Jose said, everybody has a gift. Many people have multiple gifts, mm-hmm. and you don't have to proclaim your gift. Mm-hmm. If you're proclaiming your gift, you're probably insecure in your gift, and chances are strong you don't have that gift. You might desire that gift, but you really don't have that gift. Just a thought, maybe not. But how do you discover your spiritual gifts? Well. Uh, who is your spiritual mentor? Who is you know a few steps ahead of you in your your community group that you could just sit down with, read certain passages on the spiritual gifts, pray together, and begin to contemplate you know how God has gifted you. Why do you have gifts? Uh, they're not to build you up, mm-hmm. really. Uh, instead, they're to build up the body of Christ, and therefore, once again, to advance the kingdom of God. They're to build up. Uh, the church. Yeah. Yeah. I will never forget, Rob, I don't know if you remember this. We were driving in your truck. I don't know where we were coming from, but we were going up the hill, up the junction. And uh, this was a long time ago. And and you said something to me. You remember what you said? Well, first of all, 
Uh, if you said it was a long time ago, I'm almost guaranteed not to remember it at my age. So. <laughs> let me let me refresh your memory. You said, "Hey, Jose, I think you have the gift set. You you have the gift to one day become a great lead pastor." And I remember hearing that and thinking, "I don't want to be. <laughs> I don't want to be the lead. I don't want your job." Uh, two, thanks, father-in-law. <laughs> you know uh, that that's subjective. And uh, and then the, the third is, well, maybe there's something here. And through time, again, that was years ago, through time uh, in doing what God had called me to do in that season, mm-hmm. he slowly revealed his, his ultimate you know, plan. So I would say that was a prophetic word that, that you said then that has come to pass now for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. We all play a position in, in, on the football team, but that's not our identity. Our identity is something that you said on Sunday, Rob, just an ordinary guy. We're just ordinary people that have been saved by Jesus. And if we keep that our number one identity, we allow our spiritual gifts to you know, activate us and play our part, we're gonna see some really, we're gonna continue to see some really, really cool things happen through, through our church. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to think about practically uh, as people get off the sidelines and get in the game and be a part of what God's doing here. I'm trying to think of all the reasons that would prevent someone from doing that. So I think about maybe just their understanding of their spiritual gifts, just even that simple truth that everyone has one, that that's biblical, that everyone has a spiritual gift. Uh, but I also think about things like uh, hurts. Like I think that's a very real one that someone may have been in the game, whether it's at this church or maybe at another church and have experienced hurt and experience mm-hmm. wounds. Uh, both of y'all have said multiple times that we're a group of imperfect people following the only true perfect savior. Uh, and yet some people just based on their experience has really gone through, so the church has been the vessel in which they've experienced a lot of hurt. So how would the two of you counsel or encourage someone that's in that spot that that really is on the sidelines and just not sure whether to take the next step based on their past? Yeah, I mean, church church hurt is is something that is spoken about. And if that that's you, I mean, we we are leaders of the church right right here talking. We just want to say, sorry, that is not something that I, uh, I won't speak for y'all, but that's not something that is intended to happen. Church hurt, if you really boil it down, it's, it's people hurt. People hurt people. And the church is a group of people, imperfect people. And, um, and so I pray that that hurt is reconciled in due time in, in God's way. And I think it's important to recognize the pain and, um, and then, you know, reconcile, forgive, and make sure that, that we, we, you know, allow that to continue to form us as we move forward versus make it freeze us wherever we are because we, we feel like we're, we're out of the game. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't really have to add much to that. I would say that if you stay where you are, you're immobilized. Mm-hmm. And so the enemy uh, has got you right where he wants you. And so you don't want that to happen. And you don't want to be a pawn of the enemy. Instead, you you want to be used by God um, and receive joy and hope and peace for your present and for your future. And so as Pastor Jose said, take those hurts to God. Maybe you need another person to come alongside Mm. and confidentially talk with that person, Uh, choose to forgive and uh, carry on. Mm -hmm. 
because right now the hook of unforgiveness is what's staying in your heart. Chances are very strong the people that have hurt you are just uh, going ahead with their lives. They don't even think about you, mm. but you think about them frequently. And I get that that is unfair and it very much feels like it's an injustice and I can agree with you, but you don't want to stay where you are. You want to move on. Yeah, the beauty, the beautiful part is that God is, he's our judge. Yeah. <laughs> he will He will handle things for us if we really trust him as um, the just and righteous judge that he is. So that's where he says, leave, leave the vengeance, right. leave the vengeance to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, our, it's our job to, to forgive and um, allow that to form us moving forward. Um, yeah, I think about this picture of the body. Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about we, we are a, a, a body, a human body. And this body is pretty amazing that God built. And it's orderly. Each part has a part to play. And uh, I think we see some individual characteristics at play when a unique set of relationships, group of people, in this case called Cypress Creek Church, all work um, together using their own gifts, personalities, etc. So I'm grateful, Rob, for the chance to look back. Again, grateful for your leadership and um, looking forward to great times ahead. Thanks for listening to the Conversations podcast. Be a part of the conversation by sending questions about the Sunday message directly from ccc.guide or by emailing conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Looking forward to the next conversation.